1: at uh, some of uh, the analysis for what we've been talking about. Um, I did, uh, in fact, uh, introduce Tapelo Tzilapedi earlier on, and I wanted you to listen to uh, what uh, Asanda had to say as well, because I think that is such an important aspect of what needs to happen if we are to improve overall. We cannot leave the youth behind.
0: Yeah, no, look, I, I agree that the youth has to form part one of the conversations um, at an educational level. How do you streamline higher education and basic education among the BRICS block? But I think also issues around trade for for young people who, uh, I don't know, involved in manufacturing with a diamond cutting, you know, at least during the weekend at Gallagher, you meet I met quite a lot of young people who are involved in this and that trade and this and that manufacturing and they're looking to expand and given the political priorities in South Africa you know with a staff composition of 50 people it doesn't quite give the numbers of 100 150 people to to have a development financial institution to invest in that so at least going for an international market gives them the ability to then expand their businesses so that's quite important I think and perhaps you know there hasn't been much discussion about how can youth leverage access to bricks. And I think that's where the NYDA can come in. So I agree with her there, definitely.
1: And, you know, Tabelo, that's a very important discussion, one that I really want to take forward uh, because, you know, we we cannot afford to have the youth make the same mistakes that, you know, we've had to go through over time. So very important constituency yeah. is the youth of this country. And, I, and I, I just wish that more people would realize that, but not just realize it, but actually walk the talk in this regard they need to put their money where their mouths are yep. with regard to youth and development in that space but also just looking at the other developments the big announcement here today about the expansion of the BRICS uh, the briggs block now i literally had chills when that was said because this is a momentous momentous occasion this is a clear shift a seismic shift. Perhaps we're not seeing how big this is, but something has moved today.
0: Yeah. Look, I think the uh, what everybody has been anticipating is the issue of, of course, the expansion of BRICS. And uh, it's quite interesting to look at Argentina. I think it's going through its own sort of debt process there, so it's not looking good. Of course, it's a bigger economy uh, comparison comparison to, to South Africa. Um, then, then you have economies like like um, um, United Arab Emirates. That's quite important. Saudi Arabia is quite important, obviously given the resource there mm. and the issues around the petrodollar. It's, it's it's going to be interesting how how that sort of comes into play within BRICS, given the debate around de-dollarization. Um, but I think for me what's quite important is the issue of Ethiopia I've been trying to sort of get my head around that and I think it plugs Ken may stuff. I
1: interject respectfully before we go to Ethiopia on the point that you make about Argentina yeah. and, and, and the other partners and joining and debt and that sort of thing Putin, uh, President Putin made that point about economic settlement between the BRICS nations so how, how big an issue is that?
0: In terms of the debt yes. program of Argentina,
1: look, and not just Argentina, but I would imagine among themselves as BRICS nations.
0: Look, we we know that just recently Russia had also cancelled quite a number of debt with African countries. Um, I guess also to 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 have or drive a closer relationship between Russia and and, and Africa, of course. Um, the issue of debt is an ongoing discussion, especially because if you look at the China and Pakistan earlier on and, and the sort of debt arrangements, then the priority given to Chinese debt has, has been quite problematic. So there's a need, of course, to plug China into international conversations around how do we manage debt. And I think BRICS is sort of helping to lead that conversation with with the regards to one of course involving argentina and and i would suspect that there have been sort of a priori discussions taking place before this expansion happened or at least before the announcement of of, of this happened because obviously you need to deal with this country before i mean it's a huge market Hmm. there's 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 potential for them to also be drivers of of growth in that in latin america so they're quite important in that sense but i think given that relationship economically with With obviously the debt regimes, but with with the United States, they would have to quite manage that well. Um, But but I think it's quite good that they've included this country and countries which seemingly off the surface don't look like countries naturally that would fit into bricks.
1: But of course, massive countries, if you look at uh, Brazil, Argentina, uh, in South America, uh, you know, things are starting to shift. Yeah. <laughs> for real, and then uh, coming back to Ethiopia and the point you were making, and the inclusion of th- uh, of two more African countries.
0: Yeah. Look, I think I, I I thought perhaps you know the 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 horn of Africa effectively integrates three continents in a sense and and i think there's a lot of 30% of the trade happens through the trade through through the horn of africa and i think brics is looking for an in into that space it's quite close to djibouti a lot of military bases of foreign mm. powers right there and and i think of course, this includes the Chinese military presence as well. So I think they're just trying to get into that space from a developmental point of view to sort of make sure that there is sort of safe passage of goods and services coming through that area. But but I think, in a sense, that also puts or pits them against the United States and largely Western powers. So it would be interesting how they manage that. Um, I, I was also similarly surprised with, with Egypt, I think, not so long ago, Egypt was, was almost not able to pay for some of its debt, or it was going to declare that it's unable to pay for its debt. So I think to that extent, you can see it in the same way as Argentina um, and, and the levels of its debt. Um, but I think this underlines the fact that BRICS is an attempt to ensure that there are developments in these areas and that developments can bring about political stability. And the fact that they're getting into areas that have that are struggling with political stability, that basically showing that this is their mental or this is their interest in these areas and not necessarily to be sort of jostling for power with the United States or Europe, but to say that actually we need to solve these issues because there needs to be stability on the continent.
1: That's an interesting point because even if they don't say so, what is the perception from the United States and its allies of what is taking place here. Um, will they see it as such?
0: No, no, they won't. I think the United States broadly, you know, sort of Euro-American power is going through or sees breaks through the prism of their own anxiety and their own anxiety is premised on really a faltering economy in the United States. It's, it's going through its own debt restructuring. I think there's a problem of the dollar there. And we can see discussions around EU, specifically in Germany, around at least them being a vessel state for the United States, but also going on a process of deindustrializing, given that the issue of the Nord Stream um, was, was, you know, bombed whoever did it. Um, so there are all of these problems with how I think Euro-American power sees the the BRICS, but I don't think we should take that seriously. I think BRICS has been able to prove itself as as a developmental engine around the world. It's been able to settle, at least in the Middle East, issues around peace, or at least to to restart stable conversations among political elites in that area. So I think that's quite important for us to look at.
1: You know, I'm loath to end this discussion here, but uh, unfortunately, oh, um, the, the issue about, uh, you know, Egypt, uh, the Nile River, but also I wanted to touch on uh, the, the, the issue of just the tension between some of the member states, the existing member ah. states themselves, because that's not something that we can just overlook.
0: Yeah, look, man, I think you know, I have to be careful with what I say here because some of these things <laughs> are sort of diplomatic observations. I think the, the relationship between China and India has to be managed. I think given the speeches that we heard at the BRICS forum... Um, it's it's quite clear that that India sees itself in a particular way as as the sort of growing economy that has a bigger voice and should play a larger role in international relations. That that stood out quite clearly. And what was interesting to me is the fact that they kept on re-emphasizing the issues of democracy, accountability, uh, sort of liberal democratic ideas and values Mm. which which are aligned of course to IPSA but also to Euro-American power vis-a-vis China and Russia. And
1: we know there's that tension on the border there between the two countries. Uh, So, you know what? Unfortunately, we're going to have to stop. I really enjoyed that and hopefully we'll have more opportunities to speak there. Uh, Political economist uh, Tapelo Tilapedi uh, speaking to us, just helping us unpack and also analyse uh, some of the issues that we've uh, picked up upon here at the BRICS Summit.